Hello, Patrice Rati, and welcome to another group function, the second one, and this is such a mammoth topic. So thank you, you know who you are, you sent me a question on Instagram, uh, and I hope we have delivered, and the best person I found to answer this question, it's a huge mammoth topic around communication, basically, I got Zach Kara, and the question is, I work in two practices, and again, I'll read the whole question out, um, when we get into the episode, but it's along the lines of, I work in two practices, one's private and one's public funded, or in the UK, we know that as, as a mixed practice. And my patients keep choosing the cheaper, inferior option. So this dentist is finding that she's having to do a lot of really large, ambitious composites and a lot of MODBL sort of amalgam restorations with a dovetail inside and, and just patch up dentistry. So she says, why is there such a big difference? Even though I clearly spell out the benefits, patients are still going for the inferior option. Why is this happening? So I got Zach in to really tackle this uh, in a big way, as Zach would do so. So initially, the, the point of group function was, hey, let's make you know, helpful, bite-sized, 10 to 15-minute episodes. But Zach, what can I say? He's a comprehensive dentist. He's a comprehensive guy. So he really went, you know, no holds barred. We have a full-on discussion. There's some role play in there. And you know what? It was all quite kind of fun. And I, I sort of streamed this as a live. It kind of failed, but then I premiered it. And those people who watched it for about an hour and a half, that was it was live on the Facebook group. You guys gave some positive feedback. So I hope you guys listening enjoy this. Let's, let's go right in to answer this mammoth, mammoth question. Welcome to Group Function, where the Pro True Sorati work together to find good solutions to worthy problems in dentistry with your host, Jazz Gulati. Welcome to Group Function number two with uh, one of our fan favorites. It's his, uh, Zach, Zach Cara. Zach, welcome to the show once again. Hey, Jazz. How are you doing? Can't believe you called me on a Saturday Amazing, night man. for this. We must have uber dedication to this cause or something. Or I must really like man, you. I don't I know. I can't think of it's not that anyone better. I know, I know, but I can't think of anyone better for this topic. And, and basically, like, the, the purpose of Group Function, I know you haven't tuned into the first one, is to help answer questions of the protrusive done community or the protrusive And I've had an absolute banging question, something that's really, really pertinent. Uh, and I'm just going to uh, bring it up on the screen now. Do now, the, I know you can only see the first part of it. And I just wanted to show this because uh, it's someone who's a huge fan, which makes you feel all, you know, warm and fuzzy inside. And then uh, she said that uh, she enjoyed Crystal and the communication one. But what she means by the communication one me. was your one. No, 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 no it's that's not me. You. No, that's it can't you. be. That's you. It must that's be you. all the other stuff. So, so anyway... <laughs> She, she sent this amazing question, and I'm going to uh, read it out so that those people who will be listening in the future can, can, can tune in and, and, and really uh, follow what we're saying. And so, Zach, you can see it as well. So the question is, I'll read it out. I wondered if, I, if you could have some advice, please, right? I'm working across two practices, one pr fully private and one mixed practice. So those people uh, from abroad, not in the UK, a mixed practice is like public dentistry and fee per item private dentistry. And what one thing I think me and Zach have agreed not to go... Too, down, too far down the rabbit hole of to discuss too much about NHS and public dentistry because it shouldn't be about that. It's, it's the, there are other points to, that we can tackle which will be much more sort of universal. And those so are, really I think like the, the concepts stuff, will flow. Oh, we can we can touch that. We can touch okay. on that in there towards the end. <laughs> so uh, at the mixed practice, so this is both the public and the private, yeah. uh, often patients with broken teeth don't want to pay for crowns and onlays even though I spell out the benefits. Often they will go for a replacement amalgam which I hate doing, or a large private composite, again, risk of debon de due, due to the size. What would you recommend? If a patient doesn't want to pay for a, a crown or onlay, but you spelt it out, 
I'm not sure what else I can do. So let's mm. hide that and I'm going to join you back on Riverside. Okay. <laughs> Zach, that is such a real world question. I've yeah. definitely been there, okay, in the past before. Uh, where do you even begin to tackle this? Like, yeah, I completely agree with you. This is this is stuff that we have all wrestled with and we wrestle with every single day, isn't it? It's, it's classic day-to-day judgment call type dentistry where, um, or to, be, to be straight up about it, it, it just sounds as though whoever's written this question by the way hi and and thanks for the question and and by the way i love this group function uh vibe and uh, i'll try and keep this short and sweet with you because i know this otherwise turns into an hour and a half podcast so let's not go down that rabbit hole but we love those we do but but (laughs) this isn't the time or place so but basically it sounds as though um whoever sent this question has done the damnedest to to provide the most kind of thorough in-depth discussion of pros and cons and alternatives and all that stuff you were taught as a dental student which is totally informed consent which which is absolutely the right thing to do but then her patients are choosing the worst option, in her opinion, right? And and it kind of gets you, gets you to a point, doesn't it, where you get you bang your head against a brick wall and you think, are my patients just like all thick or, or not listening? Or what is it? Why Am I not explaining this right? And I got to a point in my career where I realized that it isn't that. It's just it's often more to do with, um, I guess it all boils down to one main thing, which is context. So when, when you sent me this question, which is yesterday on WhatsApp, I thought to myself, yeah, that's a really good question. <laughs> I thought to myself, this is a really, really good question because um, whoever sent this question probably doesn't have the same values and approach to life as their as the patients, right? In fact, it's impossible Absolutely. to have the same values, approach to life, the, right, uh, the, the, the same kind of um, way of managing and dealing with a problem as every one of your patients. And so I find it quite ironic. You know, that question we've all, always had from our patients uh, over the years, which is, what would you do? What do you say to that, Jess? We have that all the time. I mean, uh, I, I always say that oh yeah, there's two ways to approach this one. <laughs> one is just tell them which is, what is it, what it genuinely is what you do, which is often the best option for them, yeah. right? And, and that's sometimes why that can be effective. Yeah. The other way to do it is, uh, and I've seen some dentists type this on Facebook in this sort of context of discussion, and they say, oh, but I'm not you. And they go into that sort of argument. And that's, I think that's a terrible reply to a patient, right? You're then sort of, you're arguing with this patient. No, no, you have to decide Always because you're the patient and yourself. I'm the dentist. And I don't want to be responsible for, for the decisions that you have to make. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it gets to a point where you almost end up losing rapport over that, right? Um, the, the whole thing, that, you know, I mentioned the word context. For me, it's, it's like the context of, and the thing that we're not taught at dental school, major thing, we hammered on this about this uh, on the podcast, and I'm sure we will continue to talk about this in depth. Um, it's all about who that patient is and what their backstory is and what their dental experiences are and basically what their approach to life is. That's one part of the context, right? So you kind of have to put yourself in this position where you actually need to just get to know what your how your patient deals with certain life circumstances. And I know that sounds really fluffy. It's the kind of thing where you're like, hang on, patients come to me with a broken tooth and Zach, you're telling me I have to get to know their life story. Well, no, actually, I'm not saying you have to get to know it straight away. I'm saying that it's part of the decision-making process and helping that person find out what the right solution is for them under these circumstances, right? The other thing, like, it's interesting that, that that she she said that. By the way, I just realised I've got friends. It's Ralph, by the way. <laughs> oh, hello! Awesome! Ralph, this is really? amazing. Okay, really, this is. <laughs> was, was Ralph there when when you were? He was hiding. I could hear him scratching. With, uh, Michael? No, 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 no. He wasn't. Oh, he would have loved that. He would have oh. loved that. Okay, you would have loved that. You've got to think for cats. Okay. But it's interesting how in the question, in the question, she said that she works at two practices and she doesn't seem to have that problem yeah. in the prior practice. So. 
you know, how much of it is influenced by the demographic? How much is influenced uh, by the, again, the values of the patient? Is it that in one practice, the private practice, the values of the patients may be more in tune with the dentist? Or do you think it could be something to, uh, to do with the way this dentist is presenting the options at the mixed practice because she knows that she has to legally offer certain options to take Maybe. a box for, for, for the whole public dentistry. It could be to do with that. Maybe. It's, it's, for me, it's, the, it's much easier. And to be fair, you know, I'm, I'm giving you this ex, um, an answer based on my own experiences too. So I'm clouded and biased by the fact that actually it's been a little while since I've worked in mixed practice type environments. And there is a conundrum that you play, isn't it? It's a day-to-day little, um, little fight that you have inside your head of actually – what I could do right now is kind of offer the gold standard, the right thing to do and say, look, this is what I can offer you in the, in the health service because that's what um, is the ideal. So you, you might look at this tooth. If I actually we could break it down, do you want to break it down into the different stages of how I actually would approach this situation? So actually in the clinic. Okay, let, let's make it really tangible. Okay. Let's, go, let's go for it. Yeah. She said she, she specifically mentioned a broken <clears throat> tooth. Let's say an upper okay. first molar broken down. Uh, and you know that just as she said, a replacement amalgam or repair amalgam or, or maybe a large composite yeah. is not the best thing. This tooth needs cuspal coverage. This is what we've yeah. taught. This tooth is a classic candidate for cuspal coverage. But the patients keep choosing the, the large composite option said. And the, the perception here is that it's due to cost. Okay, that's okay. one perception. Okay, and whether it is or not, who knows? But uh, the patient keeps choosing the large composite. So upper molar broken yeah. down, yeah. and now you are addressed with that patient. How would you uh, approach that situation? Okay, so this is the first time this patient's met me. Yeah. Yep. Easy enough. Okay, so patient comes in, um, we come up the stairs, we're building a bit of rapport, we're getting to know each other a little bit, and I'm kind of finding out a kind of background story of, how, you know, this is the first time you come to see us at the clinic, or maybe they've seen a different dentist in the clinic. Let's do it that way. It's probably a bit easier. So patient comes into the treatment room. This is Tash who's taking care of us today, or Antonio, or whoever. Feel free to pop your box, crazy COVID rules, pop your box in the corner, and come take a seat. And so I get the door. How's your day going today? So Jazzy, how's your day going today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I just uh, oh, this this molar broke down, and uh, yeah, yeah, I was hoping you just uh, fix it for me. Well, I heard, I heard. Jazz, um, Jess, who uh, is on our front of house, actually um, sent me a message this morning. Said that you were having a bit of trouble. So, what's the, what's the issue? What happened? <clears throat> Oh, yeah, classic. I was just uh, eating a chocolate from the fridge, and it just broke away. It doesn't hurt or anything, but oh. I was just hoping you could just uh, uh, fix that for me. Sorry to hear that does happen sometimes. Is it the first time this has happened to you? It's a sort of broken tooth situ- situation. Uh, well, I, th- I think it's just, you know, now and again, it, it, it happens, right? You know, um, it's yeah. happened a few times before and then dentists have just fixed it. Thankfully, it, don't, it doesn't ever hurt, thankfully. Okay. And it doesn't, am I right in thinking it doesn't hurt right now? Yeah, that's right. That doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. Is it rough to your tongue or anything like that? Is it uncomfortable? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit, a bit sharp. Uh, I, I can feel it in my tongue. That, that's why I'm here. You know, yeah. um, it's a bit annoying to my tongue, and uh, I, I thought, yeah, go it. to the experts. Oh, that's kind of you to say. I'm, I'm reassured by that. What do you know about us? Because first time we've met today, isn't it? Have you been to see ex-dentist who's other, otherwise in the clinic in the past? Is that right? Yeah, I, I see the hygienist here, and uh, I think I'm about due for a checkup as well. So um, sorry about that. <laughs> it's all good. I uh, can't believe we've got into a role play situation here, by the way. Well, let's go, go with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so don't feel free. Don't, don't apologize. There's no need to apologize. What we do here is always blame free and judgment free dentistry. So no sweat. It's no, no issues at all. Let's see how we can help you with this problem too today, because ultimately what we call this is a get you out of trouble type appointment. 
um, urgent appointment, sure. emergency appointment, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, and the whole aim of the visit today is to make sure we focus on that one tooth. I'm not going to do a full health check for you today if that's okay, but I'll focus in on that one problem. Let's make sure there's nothing else urgent going on, and then we can see if we can get that solved for you by the end of the visit. What did you kind of hope or expect was going to happen today? Oh, um, previously, people just uh, patch it up and I've been on my way. Okay. Well, actually, that might be something we can definitely offer for you today to make it a bit smoother, perhaps, um, or at least take away that sharp edge for you. Does that sound like kind of thing that might be on your... Does that sound, sound okay to you? Uh, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, sounds uh, what, what, you know, is, is that, how, how long is it going to last me? Well, I tell you what, why don't we have a bit of a look? Why don't I have a, take a peek at the tooth? I'll put my magnification on. I'll put my mask back up. I'll come around this side and I'll have a bit of a look and see what's going on. And then once I can have a, a bit of a photograph of the tooth, perhaps, or even a 3D scan, I can show you what's happening yourself. We can have a bit of an overview about what's happening in the rest of the mouth because often when a tooth breaks, there's usually a reason behind it. Did you have a reason? Do you have a kind of inkling why that might be in your tooth's case or what's happening? Um, I don't know. It was. It, I shouldn't have really picked that chocolate from the fridge. I know. It's always the shock. It's always the finer things in life, isn't it? Um, so what we're trying to do at this point is, is gauge context, right? What I'm trying to do is before you, so you focused in when you explained this situation, you focused in jazz on the tooth. You focused in on the, it was been an upper molar and this, that and the other. And, and what is, this goes back to sort of training from Panky Institute, for example. And what LD Panky always says is, always said was, um, I never seen, I've never seen a tooth walk into my clinic. And, this is the thing we forget. We always forget what that patient's goals are. So what I'm trying to establish very early on is, yes, okay, I'm thinking, bingo, this tooth isn't painful today. Actually, that's giving me an insight into possible diagnosis, isn't it? I'm probably thinking, okay, why, why is it not sensitive? But the patient doesn't need to know this at this point, okay? I'm thinking there's a roughness to the surface of it. So we need to solve that by the end of the visit because the person's going to be happy if we can tick that off their list. They're thinking, let's get this solved, okay? Um, the third thing that's going on is um, I'm trying to establish a bit of rapport to say, okay, I understand because this person doesn't want to come in and think, oh, this dentist is completely unarmed. Um, I'm saying, okay, I'm giving you the context of the fact that um, the other dentists in the clinic, I've maybe even at this point might say, um, I'm, I've had a look back at your records or your photographs or your x-rays from your previous visits. So I've got a bit of an idea what's happened in the past and you should have done, right? So in, in preparation for your day, let's hope it wasn't, it wasn't sprung on you as a complete surprise. You've probably got an idea of what's about mm -hmm. what's happening in this person's mouth. And um, only at that point am I trying to um, just give myself an insight and maybe give the dental nurse I'm working with an insight into what might be happening by the end of the visit. Okay. But I'm also trying to kind of pitch myself at a certain point where I don't, don't overpromise too early. And also I'm trying to kind of go, okay, what does this person know about me? Because this is all about your values too. Okay. And it's easier mm -hmm. with patients that have known you a longer time because you've kind of been on a bit of a dental journey with them. And the things that you offer or the solutions you might put out there are much easier because you've probably had some of those conversations in the past and you can kind of refer back and you kind of go, oh, do you remember the tooth on the other side? Um, it's kind of a similar situation to this. And they can always refer back and go, okay, this guy knows me. This girl knows I mean, me. This lady history knows me. is so important. So, I mean, uh, what, what, we, yeah. what we've sprung up to, Zach, here is, is, a, is a trickiest of all scenarios where this is a patient who's cold to you. Uh, mm. And uh, the reason we picked it uh, or I, I, we went down this uh, path is uh, we want to try and more, make it more difficult because when you're challenging your suggestions and advice you give, if we test it with the most trickiest situations, mm. the ones where you already have years of rapport with the patient, they're going to be so much easier, right? So sure. let's, let's go with this a trickier yeah. scenario. Okay, so let's say I put my magnification on, important, because you're telling the person that I want to see things big. I want to be able to see things in detail for you so that I can help you best. I'm going to come around the side, 
I'm going to pop the chair backwards. Let's have a bit of a look. Okay, the chair goes back. I'm very fortunate to work in a kind of clinic where there's a TV on the ceiling. And they usually they'll get a response because they've not been into this chair before. And they go, oh, there's a TV on the ceiling. And you go, blah, 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 usual stuff. Okay. Um, so let's have a bit of a look at your tooth. The first thing I'm going to do, actually, though, this might surprise you, is I'm going to ask you to bite together. And let me have a gentle feel of your glands under your chin. Let me have a gentle feel of your jaw joints. Open nice and nice and big and close a few times. And, and you're trying to get into this person's head and signpost the fact that it isn't just the tooth we need to think about. The next thing we're going to do is, it's completely cold patients to me. I would usually do a soft tissue check, but let's skip over that for a second. Let me grab a mirror and see what, what's going on. So what I'm doing at and, this and point... This is something that Zach, I just want to highlight for those listening, because I, I know the way, you know, from my previous chats, how you mm. actually do these checkups and something that you've spoken about before is people or dentists that do these silent examinations, like they're just looking, going around and they're just registering everything in their head but the patient doesn't get any value from that and i and i love the the way that you so openly speak about never have a silent examination and all mm-hmm. these things that you're it's saying weird. right now it's let's so have a look weird. inside yeah but this is the reality zach yeah. i think most dentists okay perhaps a lot of us are introverted and we are doing our checkups like just checking around open close okay you're fine but yeah. what you do and what you offer and what you discuss Bring so much more value. So I just wanted to highlight that. You know, for me, all these things that you're saying to me, so oh, let's have important. a look inside. You're the, actually doing this. Yeah, the subtleties of it as well. And I kind of intentionally do things like I use the word gentle just for the for the sake of it often, because you kind of kind of instilling in this person that you're not going to do anything rough, you're not going to do anything sudden, we'll take it step at a time, no sweat. Okay. So nice, nice mm-hmm. and wide for me. And I'll gently stretch the cheek with maybe my finger or or and I'll pop my finger in um, my finger <laughs> mirror into place and I'll have a little bit of a look. And okay, so at this point, what I'm trying to do is I'm talking half in dental and half in English. Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later, you can get all of that for less than 15 tax-deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing. We've worked so hard on this, the Protrusive team, and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode. And the dental nurses that I work with and I'm trained and I've trained have a bit of a feel for when I say certain things in certain ways, that means write it down because it's technical terminology. And sometimes I'm doing it just for the patient's benefit. So, so what I can see is the very back tooth, so up the very back tooth, Gabri, uh, is broken down to, to a large extent. There's about a quarter of the tooth missing, and we can see that it's the inner wall of the tooth that's broken away. Um, I can also see the, the existing silver filling still in place. Okay. So Classic. I'll, so I'll stop at this point, okay? I'll stop at this point, and I'll go, okay, um, Jazz, uh, would it be okay if I have a gentle feel around the tooth? So if you close a little bit, so I'm, at this point I'm ha- having a gentle feel maybe in their buccal sulcus, I'm maybe putting my finger on the tooth. I never, ever, ever start, start whacking teeth with mirrors. That's weird. Don't do that. How about <laughs> just have a gentle feel with your finger? Because if a tooth's TTP, again, I'm thinking, why is this tooth not sensitive? Um, I want to gently tap on the tooth maybe or press with my finger. I'm just going to press a few teeth. I'm going to number them eight, seven, six, and five. Would that be okay? One by one by one, you press and you kind of feel for, is there a response from this person? Okay, look, I know that we all know this. We've all been to dental school, but there's a different way of doing it when you're kind of trying to instill certain things in people's head as you go. 
you're not just doing an examination, you're doing something where you're co-diagnosing what's happening in that person's mouth and in that person's body. You're trying to get into their head. Okay. Why is this guy doing all this stuff? And I, I often say things like, as we go, I often say, um, how about we translate this to English for you in just a second? Cause we don't, we don't want to keep you out of the loop. Okay. I know dentists are weird. We talk, like we that. talk technical terminology. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because we try to sound clever. Something like that is generally what I say. I try to sound clever. We talk in Latin sometimes. Blind, blind them with science. Yeah, yeah, best way. So at this point, I'm kind of looking inside the mouth thinking, geez, okay, there's a great big MOD amalgam. There's a very thin buckle wall on this upper six, let's say. The palatal wall is chipped away. Um, and then I have a little gentle feel, maybe with a periprobe or a Williams. And I say to um, the patient, Jazz, I just want to tuck, um, just want to gently feel around the tooth to make sure where the edge of the broken section of the tooth has been or is. I want to have a little feel to make sure it's above the gum line because when it's above the gum line, that has a difference compared to, or that makes a difference compared to if it's below the gum line. Again, I'll come back to it in a second for you. Um, do, 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 all the way around. Gabri, I'm going to take an x-ray of this tooth if that's okay so that I can see the detail at the root end of the tooth as well as above the surface. So Gabri at this point knows that means a PA. She's already got it ready because before, before mm-hmm. the patients mm-hmm. come in, we have a good idea about which tooth it is, right? So the PA holder, PA holder comes out, boom, 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 X-ray, um, X-ray machine to place, um, X-ray beam into place, come across, press the button, happy days. Okay, we're going to pass that back to Gabri so that she can go and get that, um, that uh, um, developed so that we can see it on the big screen in front of us. And in the meantime, why don't I take a quick photograph? So I'll grab a mirror and I'll take a photograph with my SLR or maybe you've got an intro or camera or maybe you're clever and you've got a 3D scanner and all the works. Do whatever you need to do. Sometimes I'll just do a brief 3D scan of that area because it gives me a good idea as to what's happening and they can see that you're actually looking at the details um jazz why don't i just pop i tend tend to tap on the shoulder or on the bib that's on the shoulder jazz why don't you have a sit up for a second i'll click the button on the floor and let's you can feel free to take your glasses off they're a bit silly those anyway and we'll have a bit of a look at the (laughs) x-rays and the photos how about that would you like me to give you a bit of a would you like me to give you a bit of a kind of uh maybe a brief overview about what's happening does that make sense Yeah. yeah so the, there's two things that's going on in my mind. One of them is that. Um, Wait, am, please, I, am, I, am I a jazz the patient now or jazz the podcaster? I don't know who I am now. <laughs> I don't know where I am either, mate. This was supposed to be done about 10 minutes ago. I don't know why I'm still waffling on, but. <laughs> it's, it's, it's cool. Let's, let's run with it because no, no, you're, you're adding so much more value. I mean, this is the classic Zach, you know. I ask you a question, but you not only answer it and you will answer it because we're going to get, we're getting there, but you're we'll also there. providing umpteen, multiple gosh times value of what we asked for so you're Thanks, really bro. adding so much well, value because because people are, are are following this long and, and i think the role play bit was just a genius i think people it, are gonna have a few laughs but also <laughs> it's going to make it extremely tangible carry okay on. cool well look, so now you're explaining to me so i'm what, the patient you're explaining to you're me. the patient okay so what i'm thinking in my mind at this point is i need to relate everything that's happening to jazz's world and jazz's life okay um and the reason why to answer the question kind of in the context of, of whoever answered the question, asked the question is um, that I found in the past in some different practice types that people re- approach their problems reactively. So you have to put yourself in the context of where you are, what type of demographic you're typically looking after and what they have come to accept as normal. Okay, so if they've been seeing a dentist for 20 years and it's patch up with GIC every single time, you've got to think instantly in your head, okay, whoa, slow this down because there is no point you coming along and thinking big, clever stuff that you learned in textbooks, which has no relevance to their life. They don't have the time, money, effort for it. They don't give a damn because they're used to waiting for stuff to break and hope to their 
uh, you know, cross their fingers that there's something left to fix. Okay. Um, and so a lot of, can I just add to this point? Well, I just want to add to this one specific point because I work in a practice that has a well-known capitation plan, right? So uh, people pay a monthly fee and, you know, everything's included. They just have to pay the, the lab, lab fee, right? So this is something that's probably there in anywhere in the world. You have something like this. Now, get this. Sometimes I'll say to a patient, okay, you know, you need a crown or whatever, mm. but they're so used to having patch-ups that even though it's costing them a real absolute bargain, it's a fraction, they're only paying the lab fee compared to what a private patient would pay. It's, for them, it's not about the cost or the, or the fee at all. It's just they've, they've actually, you know, they're accustomed to getting patch-ups. They found these patch-ups to be successful, mm-hmm. painless, mm-hmm. easy, mm-hmm. and this is what they're paying and for. And they this use is what it as their insurance in. policy. They, they, they treat that type That's of it. kind of approach as, I tell you what I, I do is I pay my X pounds per month, and all I can do, that gives me the opportunity to phone up at any moment something goes wrong, and I get it solved within a day or two. Usually without any hassle. So, yeah, or stress. exactly. It's, it's yeah. not. It's not sometimes about the the the, the fee because the fee for yeah. in, in, in these patients, you know, I, I'm telling them you can have a crown, which, which is the best thing for this tooth. Yeah. It'll last longer, it'll protect your tooth, uh, and it's, it's it's not so much money compared to a private patient. But they're like, no, you know what? I've had patch ups all these years. So again, it's yeah. a value thing. It's uh, it's what they're used to. Exactly what you're saying. It, it's also to do with the fact that some of some people have got this inner monologue and a, and a thing that you will never ever solve, which is that they believe that's how the well the world is some people believe that it's okay to lose your teeth you know the type of patient who comes to see you and they go mm. oh haven't i done well to keep my teeth for this long and in your head you're like no actually it's weird that you lost any of them to be honest um uh, because your values are different you, your training and your professional training means that you approach the world in a completely different way to them um, and remember mm. that they believe in what their parents and their grandparents and then whatever else went through and there's no there's only so much emphasis and value that they'll place on your professional expertise you know, there's no, and don't kick yourself mm-hmm. for that. That that isn't something you're going to fix. It, it Maybe in a very small minority of your patient base, you can turn them around. But it takes so many years to change mindsets, and some of that can be solved a little bit with you putting out, for example, your own content. For example, if you're a patient, your patient base is something that's uh, that they're always looking at your blogs, or maybe you have a great practice newsletter or something. You can kind of extol the virtues of what type of dentistry you believe in and then you might become the person in that clinic the lady or the gent or whoever it is whoever you are that they come to because they believe in comprehensive stuff too and you know what happens is your patient base is self-selecting you actually get the patients Mm -hmm. you deserve because if you believe in comprehensive stuff and that's all you do every day and actually, you can quite fairly say to somebody that if you want to have something patched up that's completely acceptable to me, um, what I can do to buy you some time. Actually, should we go back to the role play? Should we do that? And that's Let's weird. do it. Should we, should we, we should have some sort of video effect at this point. <laughs> let's, go back to, let's go back to that for a second, because at this okay. point, I'm showing you a photograph of this broken tooth, right? Ooh, is that what my tooth looks like? Yeah, isn't it crazy? Okay. Can imagine having a job where you have to look at this all day long. Um, so, shall I, I talk that. you through? <laughs> I do that a lot. I'm going to nick that one. No, no, <laughs> Feel free. Um, and do you know what? All of this stuff lightens the tone. It, may, it sets the scene for you're not going to get old school weird dentistry here. That, and that matters a lot to me. Perceptions matter a lot to me. Okay. So, um, at this point, I might um, show the photograph um, and I will kind of give you a summary can i give you a summary just just for two minutes based on what i can see would that be okay sure great so there's three things that we always look at in every single tooth um whether it's on a photo an x-ray and the x-ray is coming in just a second by the way so some of the things i'm telling you i'm going to mold around what's about to appear on the screen okay um but basically i'm looking for is your tooth well embedded in its foundations teeth are kind of 
kind of a bit like temp pegs in the ground. So imagine there's the ground. This is an upper molar too. So the ground is here and your temp peg is well embedded inside. In fact, funnily enough, your temp peg's got three roots like this. So it's quite well embedded, a bit like, you know, when you go bowling, you put your fingers in a bowling ball like that. It's kind of really well embedded, okay? It likes it there. But what can happen over time is the foundations can shrink away. Let's turn it into one single root because it's a bit easier. So the ground and the foundations can shrink away. I'm checking on the x-ray in a second to see, has it got good foundations? Does that make sense so far? Yes, yeah. Real. So the, that's the first thing, but really the main reason why you're here today is You isn't were chunking and checking there. What? Yeah, yeah was I? <laughs> That's what we were taught in the, in, the, in the most basic of communication skills at dental school that we basically had was you keep chunking and checking. So that's essentially what you're doing. And I uh, didn't yeah, get that way. training. That's good. I like I like the terminology. Thanks, chunk. Thanks, Jess. Thanks for embellishing as always. Do you know what? we should do this podcast together? Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> that was the, that was the first thing. The second thing, and the main reason you've come to see us today, let's face it, is because every tooth that we look at needs to be mechanically sound. Okay. One thing that's important that you know is that when a silver filling is put in a tooth just like yours, can you see on the photograph that it's the channel in the middle of the tooth? Did you know that it's oh, actually yeah. not glued in place? Did you know that? No. Okay, so here's something that a lot of our patients tell us. They, they're they unaware that a filling stays in a tooth in that way. Basically, a filling has to stay in a little bit like it has to be deeper at the base and narrow at the top. So it's kind of if you're looking at it, looking at it side on, it's kind of like a pear shape. Okay. And the pear shape matters because what you see on the surface means it's deeper, lower down. And can you see how thin, so fragile? And I always go into that tone. I don't know why, but I do. It's so fragile, the outer wall of the surface of the tooth that I can kind of envision that that was what was going on on the inner wall of the surface of the tooth. And God forbid, you know, when a bridge falls down, like literally a bridge over a river, can you imagine that it mm -hmm. wasn't just the last car that drove over it that caused it to fall over? It was actually the fact that it was going wrong for quite some time. Does that kind mm. of make sense? What I'm trying to say yep. to you is that this tooth hasn't just instantly broken because of a bit of chocolate. It's kind of been headed that way over a period of time. Okay. And there's another aspect to this, which is that I need to look at the tooth biologically. Because when you have a filling inside a tooth, it needs to be sealed all the way around the edges because it's a bacteria seal. And if bacteria get in and around your filling, they kind of get underneath kind of, I know it sounds a bit horrible, but basically it means the filling is leaking. And that that leakage is, doesn't mean you're leaking, by the way, that leakage around the edges is the thing that can actually soften the foundations. And a lot of people come to see us thinking they've broken their tooth on an olive stone or something or a chocolate. And probably the tooth of the filling has been deteriorating over time. So the filling's kind of sitting on top of soft foundations. Oh, right. No, no dentist ever told me this before. You're amazing, yeah. Dr. Oh, Zach. Thank you. That's very kind of so was that Zach, by the way. I don't give a doctor that. That's weird. Um, but uh, yeah, that's very kind of you, Jazz. And do you know what? A lot of people really value the explanation because it matters in terms of what our options are next. I'll tell you why. Can I show you a picture of somebody else who's been in a similar situation to you? Maybe yeah, too grossed sure. out with you. Okay. So here's a picture on my iPad. Um, so here's a Here's a filling inside a tooth. Can you see how we actually, this is Jane who came to see me, always put context with somebody's name on it. That matters because they mm -hmm. can visualize that this is this person's tooth, not just any old tooth. Okay. So this is a photo of Jane's tooth when she had a silver filling in it. And actually we luckily preempted the breakage of this tooth. But can you see how that tiny wall there is starting to crack? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the tiny wall of the tooth is starting to crack. And what happened is that we realized this tooth was going to break at some point. What we decided to do was this. So we removed the filling, swipe on the iPad. Can you see there's actually a dark brown <laughs> foundation underneath there? And they usually go, Ugh! 
Now, actually, to you, thanks, mate. To, to you and me, as in dentists, we know that that is not to do with, um, it's probably not even active carious tissue, right? But we know that a tooth is underneath. Mm-hmm. But to them, it's brilliant because it, it, it always gets a response. So this is deteriorating underneath. You don't have to say any more details. It's going wrong over a period of time. And can you see that the wall of the tooth here is very thin? It's so fragile that if I'd left that in place, Jane would have come back even a few weeks or months later and she's broken that bit of the tooth off as well. So swipe again. Mm-hmm. Here's a photograph of what we did afterwards. And what we've achieved for her is we've filled in the missing tooth structure. We've actually shaped down the tooth to some degree and put something strong on top. And that strong cap on top binds it all together. Do you know what a Jubilee clip is? I actually don't. Okay, that's weird. Okay. Why did I say I said weird a really? lot today? Yeah, no. As I'm going to have to start a poll on the, the, <laughs> uh, on the community group to ask, do you know what a Jubilee okay, clip right. is? The yes Jubilee no. clip is for people that know how to do stuff in their homes. This will be people who like DIY and have actually got their hands dirty in life, not you, clearly, because you call some <laughs> some. I suck at DIY. Anyway, it's kind okay. of to do with plumbing and DIY and stuff. Anyway, basically, a Jubilee clip binds something together. Okay, you basically put it around something like a pipe and you tighten it up to make it seal together again. Okay, and people get that because what it does is it binds the whole tooth structure together. And that means every time that you bite down on the top, a little bit like having a helmet on top of a head, you're going to bite down and the force goes through the tooth or in your case, upper tooth up through the tooth. Okay, what's been happening Mm -hmm. in your case and the reason why it broke almost certainly is that the flex and flex and flex every day of that little thin section caused it to break away. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you know where I usually go with it at this point is the x-rays come up. Let's just assume for sake for the sake of argument, because it's going to get way too complicated and way past my bedtime, um, that the, the tooth has no pathology on it, for example, for argument's sake. Okay? Sure. It's just a fracture of the tooth. It's pretty straightforward. It's, we're just going to restore it. Okay. Um, so can I ask you a question, Jazz? Yes. How much of a risk taker are you? Oh, depends. Uh, you have to buy me a drink first. <laughs> This is only a first day, just shush. Uh, um, so- uh, <laughs> yeah, do you actually ask that question to a patient? I, 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 Occasionally. That's pretty cool. I like that. Um, Occasionally. Yeah, I, I, see, I see where this is going and I like it. Uh, and, and I have actually put this in a gambling form. You know, are you a bit of a gambler? You know, I like the risk approach much better because gambling has negative connotations. So I would say, um, well, uh, I, I wouldn't know what to say to that as a patient. I'd say um, a little, I guess. Okay. So the reason I ask you that is because today what I recommend is I'm going to seal this section for you because we want to reduce your chance that that surface of the tooth becomes sensitive at some point. It'll also make it a bit smoother so your tongue won't keep playing with it. We always do that. I don't know why us human beings do that, but we do it. Okay. Um, and the reason I ask the question about risk taking is because it's all going to come down to how quickly we get round to proactively helping you with this tooth. The longer we leave it, the higher the chance that other thin wall of the tooth is going to break away. So to finally, finally answer the question of whomever, thank you again for whoever asked the question. Um, if you hate doing amalgams that are MODPs, that are unretentive as hell, that you have to put pins in teeth for, that um, you know in your heart of hearts you should overlay the buckle cusps for, but you've also got 30 minutes rather than an hour and a half. And also, or, or just a large composite, or just a large composite, or just, you know, that way it should have been so, castle protection. Yeah. Indirect, yeah. If that's the case, then um, perhaps don't offer it. Or maybe offer it in such a fashion that you go, this is, um, well, you could say, look, Okay, slight facet to this. Quite often I will place a direct composite because 
uh, particularly for tooth in a situation like this, isn't giving us any symptoms, I will want to restore the core, protect the buccal cusp with an overlay. By the way, shout out to Nick Sethi and um, Riaz Yasu if you're interested in, in finding out more about how to place onlays on Vipo. So go and have a look at their, their onlay course because um, there's an awful lot of information that we don't know about adhesives um, and we're not taught at dental school. So um, I definitely recommend you look into that. Um, and placing an onlay direct like that gives us time. It gives you the opportunity to reassess the pulpal health of the tooth, to reassess it periapically, to have somebody come back for a complete health check so that actually you can maybe convert this person into a comprehensive thinking person and you are not going to solve that on day one. Yep. So I guess that kind of answers the question, but I suppose what we're saying is if the person chooses the amalgam every time, Mm-hmm. Are we saying patient, don't do it? That, that choose- well, I, I had a good think about this as well before I got you on. I, I was thinking, so look, I, I, don't, I don't mean this as a criticism to you, Zach, okay? Mm. But everything you've uh, said sounds great when you are working with time, mm. right? When you can uh, really focusing and you have that diary time to, yeah, to build yeah. the report. Although you, I, I don't think you've done anything uh, excessive or, or beyond, but I, I, let, let's put ourselves in a situation where maybe in a public funded dentistry you know yeah. nhs mixed practice yeah. maybe a factor maybe the difference is that this same dentist so it's the same dentist with the same values with the same hand skills same language yeah. working in two environments and one environment they seem to be taking up the treatment approach which is best for them and the one she recommends and the other yeah. one they're they're deviating from that maybe the difference is that in one practice she has half an hour whereas the other practice she has 15 minutes which is you know it's real well right maybe yeah. it's a time yeah and the lack of rapport and the lack of having the ability to show the patient a photograph of an example case yeah. and to show them and you to be able to give them the opportunity to use language like yeah. fragile. You know, okay. you've got a fragile too. So how so that's about one factor? When, okay, go on. What's the other? But the, the other factor is, is how you present the option because you just made a great point there. Maybe if a large composite or a MODBL amalgam is inappropriate and you're just giving that option for the sake of giving the option was it's not an appropriate option maybe you should say this tooth needs a crown and there's nothing wrong with saying maybe that. it maybe would be so you, that you we can keep this to tooth your teeth. yeah so we can keep this tooth in your mouth for a long period of time i.e hopefully years decades or maybe even the rest of your life if you're very lucky um then we need to do something strong and proactive and that means that we need to protect that thin wall because my worry with this tooth jazz is that if that remaining portion of the tooth breaks off we could be in a situation where you come to see me and there's no tooth left to rebuild and if that's the case then Mm -hmm. well actually let me ask you how would you feel and that question oh i'd I'd hate that okay Mm -hmm. so if that's the case then we need to do something proactive about it so what you're trying to do is kind of again contextualize that person's goals values plans for the future and if that person says i'm never losing another tooth again because that was a horrible experience and i and i hate the gap and i've always wanted to do something about the gap but everything just seems to go wrong let's face it actually i have said this so many times if i hadn't ended up in dentistry i could very easily have been a terrible dental patient my sixes are pretty heavily filled things could have gone pretty horribly wrong for me and i could have ended up in a world where i hated dentistry because that's not that's not because i'm um maybe not uh doing the right things but just because stuff happens and you tend to go down without getting too philosophical we all go down a kind of direction and path in our lives right it's hard to remember what it was like to not know the stuff that we know 
and take the decisions that we've taken. You can't backtrack. I have, find it really hard to remember what it was like not to know how to brush my teeth. Like, and to be honest, I didn't really know how to brush my teeth until I was taught by a dental hygienist when I was in second or third year at uni. And, and that's because I was a big, guinea pig patient. Right? I had no clue how to look after myself and I actually probably wasn't taught how to give OHI myself. But anyway, conversation for another day. Um, the, uh, the, the other aspects and things that I, you know, to answer the question in a little slightly different way, if somebody keeps choosing the option that you think is the worst option of all of them, one thing that might be worth pay, playing devil's advocate with, and it does depend on how much, how in rapport you are with this person is to ask, how long are you expecting this to last? Or how would you, how long mm-hmm. would you expect mm-hmm. that to last? And they go, what do you mean? And that's again the point at which you need to kind of rethink the whole situation because, um, if they, the, the, yeah, if yeah. they haven't opted into the fact that we're just space filling mm-hmm. with this problem, um, then you need to kind of have them understand that actually when you take half a step back, look at, look at your whole mouth. And if you're chipping bits of teeth off everywhere, again, why do you think that might be? If you're even watching this and you've got this far down the road of this, God knows how long. Supposed to By the way, podcast, I'm, I'm now having to convert this into a full uh, PDP episode. It's no longer a group function. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Was it, how long is a group function supposed to be? 20 minutes? I don't know, uh, whatever. 10 to 15 minutes. My producer is going to charge me double the cost now to, to produce this. But hey, uh, <laughs> hey. Uh, it's a full-on episode. And no, well, well it's, it's amazing. I love it. You know, Zach, I, I, I'm, I'm always grateful for your time. So this is good. Let's keep, let's keep going now. Let's, let's, let's do it justice. So it was going to be like, okay, how can we help uh, this, this lady, this dentist who has a real-world issue uh, and five, 10 minutes, boom, some, some tangible tips. But you've actually gone way beyond can't that in, in a great half. way. And, I can't uh, do it half fast. Sorry. <laughs> You, you can't, and you and, you, and you, you, we're going the whole hog. So we we talked about um, the values of the patient. We talked about how we should uh, potentially not only give them that one option, but then in a way, you, you have your dentist that says, "Oh, but you, you know, GDC says you have to present all the options." Well, the GDC says that we are, we can and should give them a recommended option. The GC yeah. states that, that, you know, you should give them what's, what's the best option. It also states um, you should do what's in, the, in their patient's best interest. And that is a mm. fundamental thing that we actually miss when we think about treatment planning because we think about teeth in isolation. Teeth are not in isolation. Teeth are in people's mouths. And people have parameters. People have time constraints and funding constraints. And they have... Um, context of their lives where they believe certain things to work in particular ways. Now, there's only so much you can do in instilling the virtues of what you believe in in their minds um, in one solitary episode, so one solitary appointment. You can seal a tooth and make it biologically sealed and try your best with a bit of Fuji, classic bit of patch-up dentistry to buy some time. But what I'm really doing there is bringing them back for a complete health check. And on a second appointment, you've got a better idea of how much they've, one, retained the information or some of which you gave them last time, give them time to think about um, options for the future. Maybe I wouldn't have given the full options about crowns and restorations or whatever on day one. I would have waited till the, the complete health check. If you think they need longer, then maybe you, I'm not saying don't work in a public health type clinic, but I'm saying maybe if you've got this, you've got this far down the road of listening to this, this episode, then maybe you are the kind of person that should be thinking about working in an environment where you've got so much more time at your disposal and technology at your disposal and in, in you know, invest in your magnification and photography because if you can't communicate with pictures you're so handcuffed so for the future that's 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 the direction i would go in 
that's that's great. So also an opportunity for this dentist to reflect on, you know, there is a difference in these two environments that she's working in. Mm. And that is uh, one part of it as well. I was actually, I told you earlier in the, before we started recording that I spoke to a dentist the other day and we were talking about communication. And uh, one thing I didn't tell you uh, was it's along the same vein and along the same theme of what we're discussing about here, about how to talk to patients about the different options. And he was having the same issue. He was saying that I work in a run-of-the-mill and chest practice day in, day out, and my patients are just, you know, they, they don't want the private options, you know, fine. It's, it's a whole gray area about private options and chest options. Let's, mm. let's forget about mm. that for a second, but they don't go for the superior option. And then I asked, it, and I asked him and I said, can you pretend I'm a patient? We actually did a bit of role play. Mm. And can you present the options to me? Mm. And he said this, he said, we can do um, the big filling, it, it will help to restore your function. It, it will do the job. Uh, and, and that's included or that's, you know, 200 pounds or whatever. I'm making up a figure. Uh, or you can have this all singing, all dancing option. But it's going to cost you 450 pounds. C- can you see what's wrong with that? Mm. And I told him that, like, dude, the way you're presenting is like you, you actually just... You you actually like you, you presented the better option, but then you sort of like, better. oh, but you know what it is a lot more money. Mm. So I, I told him that instantly, here's what you need to do. He need to present the, the best option first. Like, listen, if this is my tooth and, you know, for all the reasons I showed, the photo I showed you, the tooth will really benefit from protecting all the, the, the cusps and to actually uh, put a, a, a cap on there will really mean you get the longest lasting result. This will cost 450 pounds and I think this will last you a long time. You have the other option of going for a, uh, a big filling, but I don't think it'll last as long. It costs that much. Don't you think I've framed that in a much better way? you know what you did way? is you used the butt so more so much more effectively you use the but in such a way as to portray the negative implications of the worse solution and that isn't because and barry alton talks about this as well but barry's great at doing this and exactly that you used a but in the right context and the right and you timed that very well as well because you spent longer talking about the more recommended option the more proactive option and you skirted over the other option and that isn't because you're trying to um to con- con- convince somebody that that's it's, it's that. just that no. you know in your heart of hearts that that's what you'd have done so say it explain it and and Absolutely. having somebody understand how long it lasts and therefore how much investment you, you need to put into it to make it make that happen actually one of the things we talked about again on the previous podcast is that um People forget that it isn't just a time implication, sorry, a, a, a finance, financial implication, but it's also to do with how many repeats, repeat episodes with this tooth might arise over time. So it is that classic thing of you, you do something to try and patch something up, but you might be back with this tooth and paying the same amount again in however long. But actually the difficulty with teeth, unlike human, uh, unlike buildings, for example, or building work, is that a building, if, you, if all goes horribly wrong, you can knock the whole thing down and start again. The difficulty with teeth is that once it's gone, the bit that Mother Nature gave you is gone. I think that's the fifth analogy in this episode. You're always full of these crazy analogies. And the, the like funny thing analogy. is, not one of these analogies you've said on the previous two episodes. So there we are. Feel free, steal love away. Sex analogies and yeah. communicating. <laughs> you, you, got, you got these great ones. Uh, I mean, wow. Well, I mean, again, I think, I think we have now answered that question, you know, of this dentist who's feeling as though that the patients are choosing inferior options. So I hope, I hope that helped, helped you. I know, you know, I'll message you once this is out so you can give us your feedback, see if you found that uh, useful. I've changed my mind. I think I will put this a group function because we helped it answer a question. We did. we did it in just a super comprehensive way. Yeah. 
you know, nothing. Comprehensive dentistry you know, means comprehensive answers. Comprehensive, yeah. What can we do? I'm sorry, guys. I just talk too much. Uh, I need to go and get on with my no, life. No, 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 no. But it was, it was good. It, it was good. It was useful. And, and you know what? I think what this shows is that this is such a mammoth topic and it, we couldn't have done it justice in 15 minutes. So, so um, we spent four and a half hours on it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, producer. Zach, again, thank you so much. No, 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 no. Uh, his name is John. Uh, anyway, John, thank you. <laughs> uh, Zach, thanks again. Always, uh, just in case we are live somehow, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. I don't think this worked out. I need to complain to the, these people, Riverside. Anyway, uh, Zach, thanks so much for coming on and helping Cheers, out this function. Uh, you, as always, we really appreciate your time and your expertise and I hope to see you more on the Patrice. Nice one, Patrice Let's do this. <laughs> Cheers, mate.